0: Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Dreams, Memes, and Very Supremes. Today we are on episode... Five. Five? Yep, <laughs> I got you. I always get you to do that. <laughs> um, I it up in episode... Three? Probably. Was it? I don't know what episode it was, but I it up last time, so now <laughs> I've got Jack for that. Now you may notice a few things. So, the setup's a bit weird. weird. We're quite close together. But yeah, we're compensating with the weird setup with more Awesome mics. mics. So that's it. So do we sound got... nice? Leave a comment mm. below. <laughs> I reckon we, we sound nice and crispy. Don't do that. We are talking about uh, problems with vegetarianism. Mm-hmm. We've called this podcast Vegetarianism a Half Measure? Question mark. Because
1: we are... That's, that's what we think it is, pretty much. I'm yeah. pretty well, sure we're in on that.
0: Spoiler alert, we think it's a half measure. Yeah. So. We're gonna speak about that um, from a health, ethics, and environmental standpoint. But first, I think you know the drill by now. Pizza time. (laughs) It's gonna be be Toby Maguire's chance to to have a say. Pizza time. This week we went to a local pizza joint called Gorilla Pizza, and we got a cheeseburger pizza. Absolutely delicious. I rated it a 9.5 and Jack rated it a nine. If you want to check out the video version, the full rating of this pizza, make sure to check our YouTube channel. So we've adjusted the set a tiny bit. Should make it look a lot better now. Um, it didn't look too good before, so that's okay. So jumping into vegetarianism, health. a half measure. So we're gonna we're gonna first jump into like Jack just said, health. Yep. <laughs> um, so this is pretty much just gonna be a distinction between uh, health benefits that you see on a vegetarian diet versus health benefits that you see on a vegan diet or just any general health implications so it's essentially a vegan diet plus what happens if
1: you take a vegan diet and add in milk and eggs yeah that's, yeah i mean i guess a, that
0: context we didn't really cover that context to be like a veg yeah so a vegan is just a step further um and if you're talking about food yeah it's elimination of eggs and milk um honey as well um yeah. depending on what your stance is on that because that is a bit of a moral gray area mm-hmm. but if, you th- if you're thinking of the broader ethical implications, which is what we'll touch on later, it's there's more of a distinction there, I yeah. think. With with the health, it's it's pretty much just the implications of avoiding or including um, eggs and dairy, pretty much. Yeah. Like, leave honey out of it. Honey, people consume in very little quantities. Honey, so much honey you there, can have yeah. a, a free pass for this conversation. Yeah, I mean, that's a- right. Eggs and milk, were coming for you. <laughs> we've spoke about the health implications of a vegan diet before, and we've mainly spoke about heart disease prevention mm-hmm. and other chronic disease prevention like diabetes and all the rest so i'll be touching on that a bit main the main thing here is cardiovascular disease yeah it's the number one killer so it's the most relevant in this discussion too i think when you whenever you're having a conversation about health i mean if you if you're thinking about number of lives that you want to save in cardiovascular disease by, by default, default you've got to include cardiovascular, cardiovascular disease, disease in that conversation disease. yeah because it's it's the number one killer on the planet and yes. it's and it is a disease of affluence, so as you become more affluent, it is mm. a disease that is correlated with that. That's that's mainly because we're consuming a lot more saturated fat than we ever did. Because yeah. that's, yet yeah, again, saturated fat is contained animal products. We're consuming way more animal products than we ever have before. That's one of the main drivers of the current um, cardiovascular disease epidemic we're, we're facing is... The consumption of saturated fat that's not to say that there isn't plant sources too let me just touch on that really quickly there's palm oil and coconut oil both sources of saturated fat although they do have different compositions the research the jury's still now on that what the problem is here is that with saturated fat it's still present quite in large quantities in a vegetarian diet because mm-hmm. what will happen a lot of the time is vegetarians replace um, meat with more dairy because they're like oh i need to get my protein in or, or more eggs yeah i need to get my protein in or i'm just missing out on egg uh, i'm missing out on meat i'm going to need to replace it with this many grams of eggs and i'm going to have to times my milk consumption by how much more which is just a fallacy you don't need to do that yeah just focus on whole whole grains yeah and more more legumes more beans and if vegetarians were doing that i'm keeping their current uh, consumption their prior consumption of of say Milk and eggs, then they would see a significantly increased risk. But that doesn't happen. So it's the, it's the opposite. They'll they'll replace these foods with with just as as much saturated fat as yeah. normal. And we can see that in the heart disease research and the cardiovascular disease prevention research. Um, a lot of epidemiological studies will just show that uh, vegetarians aren't doing. They're doing better than than omnivores for the most part um, with with heart disease prevention. Why would that be? <clears throat> Because they're still re- reducing still it a bit. It, yeah. yeah, it's still a bit, and they're reducing it a bit, but not um, as significantly, yeah. as, ve- as vegans say. Mm. But the thing is, when you add in, it's it's like it's like a, a double whammy effect. I use that term all the time, because when when you take out saturated fat, uh, like animal products, like um, eggs and and dairy, and and say fatty meats, and you replace them with whole grains, which is what a lot of vegans do, and legumes and other things like that so then you're you're getting the decreased risk of of cardiovascular disease by eliminating those foods but then you're also getting the cardioprotective effects of legumes and vegetables and whole grains and all the what yeah. you, you include instead which so it, it's that's why we see such a drastic difference in the risk factors for cardiovascular disease in vegans can compare to omnivores but vegetarians aren't really doing that they're just replacing for the most part <clears throat> the same amount of saturated yeah. fat with animal products and that's funny because that has implications in the other two topics we're going to be speaking about the subtopics sorry which are environmental and ethics because that's the same thing the environmental impact still a lot mm. or a fair amount because you're just replacing those products with milk and yeah. eggs and it's the same with the ethics like you're not really doing that much better
1: and even it. in the case that you keep the, your consumption of those things exactly the same you'll still be at increased risks over if you cut them out completely Mm. Like, and that's the same for environmental and ethical
0: the, the, two, the two things you kind of need to touch on there then with the other things just what are the negatives of consuming well what's the net the net um positive or negative of of milk consumption mm-hmm. and what's the net positive or negative of egg consumption and um yeah again that's a lot a lot of it's just centered around saturated fat but there's also other things in there so you've also got um, your cholesterol problem. So yeah, again, it's still still being disputed. What's happening with the cholesterol research? It's it's so it's so conflicting because a lot of the new systematic literature reviews, which is like the gold standard, the gold the gold standard of research, uh, are showing that um, there's no there's no association between mm. cholesterol and, and the cholesterol in your blood, dietary cholesterol, and cholesterol yeah, in your blood. Seen a bit of that. Yeah, you've seen a bit of that. Yeah, but it's so misleading because they don't measure the cholesterol at baseline they that already unhealthy populations that are actually getting this this um, the baseline from yeah and you have to understand with with cholesterol research is the cholesterol in your blood follows a logarithmic function so it will go up and then curve and so it will go up drastically at the start and then curve off yeah so if you're adding any more saturated fat once you have a lot in your blood it's, it's not going to not go up anymore any. yeah yeah and so that's that's the, the methods of the recent systematic literature reviews have been incredibly forward. whereas we've got this really cool metabolic ward. Um, review of 400 metabolic ward studies which is crazy it came out in the 1980s or 1990s and and this is a problem another problem with with cr- critically thinking and, and reviewing research but a lot of people would write that off because it's so old but yeah the thing is it's it is very very quality it's it's, it's really quality research yeah it's you know? well-designed study it's and very well yeah. yeah that's right and it's metabolic ward uh, study which is very strong especially mm-hmm. 400 of them um, and they were able to to test this in in, in a, with a much better method and they and they found the association so I'm I'm still not 100 percent sure I'm I'm confused for the most part <laughs> as well on the cholesterol debate it's it's just so so much conflicting evidence yeah um I definitely do want to delve into the research more um, mm-hmm. soon and, and get into, get my nails into that but I know, the saturated fat that's undisputable at the moment that's yeah. that's yeah the jury is out on that one even though some people are still clinging on to the fact that it might be okay and that it doesn't increase your cholesterol don't know why Bacon for breakfast lunch and yeah that that's pretty much it yeah. lose weight fast <laughs> yeah <laughs> but the, there is there is some um, problems with what vegans do wrong as well mm. I guess let's not be biased here a lot of a lot of vegans won't replace the milk that they, re- they take out of the diet yeah so what they will, they'll do is they'll take out um milk and any other calcium source cheese and they won't replace it with anything no fortified milks and if they do they'll they'll replace it with like organic unfiltered <laughs> almond milk or something ridiculous and hippie it has juice. no yeah hippie <laughs> juice or I'll, i make my own almond milk it's it's got no calcium in like make your mm-hmm. almond milk but maybe buy a bag of calcium carbonate and chuck that in too so they aren't replacing that calcium source with anything and it goes with protein as well there are there are a few uh, you can't be protein deficient but for people especially who are looking to build muscle they mm. just won't add simply enough protein yeah and you you will also get a lot of um, there's a big satiating effect of protein so that helps weight loss so the vegans who complain that they've actually gained weight combination of a few things there that might be one of them yeah, the, the fact that they're just not being smart about how they consume uh, their macronutrients because you've got fat, which is the least satiating, and it's also the highest caloric density. Yeah. So they could just be having vegan donuts or <laughs> vegan fried whatever. So they aren't really replacing it with any quality protein sources that are going to make yeah. them feel full and for long, as well. But yeah, I'm pretty sure that pretty much covers up um, the problems with the vegetarian the health aspects, mm-hmm. and and that's the biggest one. Is just they're replacing. Foods that are bad mainly because of their saturated fat content, with other foods that are just pretty much as equally as high in saturated fat. Yeah. So, we're going to move on to environment now and, and the implications that a vegetarian diet as opposed to a vegan diet has. Yeah. So, I I think that
1: a, a lot fewer vegetarians go vegetarian for environment than the other two things. Definitely. I, I think most people who look into the environmental stuff will go straight to vegan if that's mm. saying that. That's would, a really good point. would change them to do that, but um, yeah, the other two are mainly mainly the things that would drive someone to go vegetarian. But but that doesn't mean this isn't a reason that they should just ignore,
0: pretty much. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. That's a really interesting point. I actually haven't mm. thought of that before. Because there are environmentalists that adopt a vegan diet for the pure reason of just animal products being so detrimental to the environment. Yeah. But I could, yeah. Like you said, I could never uh, see a vegetarian yeah. actually going.
1: Hey, B- I'm going to become a
0: vegetarian, and for the health, for the environmental benefits. Yeah, w- which on. ones? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I mean, so we've got some we've got some stats up. And again, we do planning for these. We do planning for some of these podcasts, and some um, of them. <laughs> some, some of them. A bit less planning for these ones. Yeah, we're going to count, try Just and keep it shorter. Freestyling.
1: So, if you were to feed one person for an entire year. The amount of land that you'd use for a vegetarian would end up being three times as much as that of a vegan. Mm. And given that a lot of, say, rainforest and land like that is you is mowed down more or less for that purpose, mm. that's quite a significant fact.
0: Mm. Yeah, definitely. That is crazy, isn't it? You've got a you've got a you've got a fact there. So it takes a it takes one sixth of an acre to feed mm. a vegan to the whole entire year. That's pretty interesting. So it would that be That's pretty interesting. It would yeah. be it would be it would be half. It would be half an acre for a vegetarian then, which is a fair amount of land for one person if you think mm. about it. Then you compare that to what's what's an omniv- omnivorous diet? Much more. So a meat eater would be using three, three acres. acres altogether. Yeah, that's that's crazy. So
1: still six times more than a vegetarian, but still a lot more than. Yeah.
0: vegan. Yeah, definitely. So um, you can you can re- you can pretty much reduce your environmental burden significantly Mm. by by simply eliminating eggs and dairy. I mean, it's not too much of a a big change.
1: I was going to say, most of that comes down to to cattle because cattle are just so environmentally detrimental when they're farmed just because of the amount of waste they produce, because of the amount of land they need, unless they're in a factory farm, Mm. which obviously we'll get into that a bit more (laughs) when we get to ethics. But yeah. You can't really argue. Oh no, it's it's fine for the environment if we chuck them in this
0: little farm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I love, I love, what well, I hate it. I, I don't know why I say I love it, but if if you try and go for more of the welfareist side, mm. you end up being more of an environmental um, detriment. Detriment. Yeah. But if you go towards towards the environmental side, you start being an ethical detriment. Yeah. You can't get away from it either way, yeah. other than taking the plunge and only eating plants. Or ignoring it altogether, which is what a lot of people expose these issues. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. just It's always the answer for
1: any, anything like that. Yeah. Exactly.
0: (laughs) And there's one, there's one thing to always acknowledge when it comes to animal products. Everyone's very familiar with the energy chain. Mm. Uh, Everyone's taught it in primary school, I I would say. So the sun grows the plants, the plants are eaten by the animals. And then we're often told, you know, we eat the animals and the plants. Mm. but the problem with that is every time that energy goes down that chain it becomes less it an, becomes an order of magnitude each time yeah exactly right yeah you, you've explained that much better than I, was just about <laughs> to. I was about to like skip around just then yeah it, order of magnitude every time it gets worse mm. and it, so it's even worse if if it was like a, a carnivorous animal am i right in saying that yeah because it's yeah, just yeah. yeah again yeah you're going down which is like when what's the fish that people eat that's that eats smaller fish is it tuna yeah tuna Tuna. yeah so with that that goes across the board mm. so as soon as you're not getting it from its form as a plant you know instantly that it's going to be less energy efficient straight away no matter what yeah nothing can 100 percent convert energy yeah no animal nothing not even eggs will do that even eggs It. it's just not going to happen it just mm. doesn't make sense even in the even in the physics of it it just doesn't make sense you can't 100 percent of your energy into producing meat that is 100 percent energy efficient I mean yeah yeah you, you lab-grown meat maybe not mm. even then because you have to choose quite a lot of energy input probably i actually don't know too much about that but the example being we've got the stat here that's specifically relevant to vegetarians mm. is that a thousand liters of water is required to produce one liter of milk Now that's crazy Mm. you don't when you look on a shelf and you see a a liter of cow's milk you don't see gallons and gallons and gallons of water stacked up you just see that one small little jug of of milk and the amount of resources that goes into that yeah just on on the water alone i mean we're in a water crisis that's that's
1: discounting stuff like food required to feed a dairy cow and
0: the waste that they produce and all that stuff yeah exactly right it's crazy land required so I think the main point there being that you can never ever get 100% sufficient energy efficient animal mm. product, even. So straight, but well, yeah, again, always going to the source, going to the plants is always mm. going to be better. Even in terms of, even if you're talking about protein, you can grow 11 times more protein on the same amount of land than you can on a piece of the same amount of land with animal products. Yeah, I'm not sure if you knew that one, but that was I that didn't was a really that, cool one. actually. That was quite interesting. Yeah, and I mean, so when I, it, people, may, it makes complete of sense. Of course it does. Yeah. yeah, of course it does. I mean, uh, but, but for the people like, where would you get your protein? How are we going to feed everyone? How, no one's going to be able to get enough protein. Like, in well, you can grow 11 times more mm. in the same amount of land. So it's
1: very interesting when we have a lot of people
0: starving and in in poverty. Yeah, I mean this is not only just an environmental point, this is like a almost a like a humanitarian yeah. point too. Like it's doing the best you can with this, I mean just eliminating eggs and dairy has, has quite a lot has quite a significant humanitarian effect as well. Because like the resources yet yeah, again from the environmental argument using less resources that's always just going to be a good thing yeah in in general with with humanitarian issues too but yeah that's something that a lot of people don't think about i think Mm. ethics ethics the the juiciest part the juiciest of them all so if you haven't watched our first podcast ever which was on veganism and reason Mm. then that'll cover a lot of
1: this stuff we'll just be making it a lot more specific to vegetarianism
0: so yeah if you haven't watched that definitely go back and watch that because it's (laughs) the the ethical framework that we set is very specific mm. and is pretty bulletproof. I mean, if it wasn't bulletproof, we wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. So bulletproof so far. Bulletproof so far. No, no
1: one's found any
0: any chinks in the armor from no. what I've found. No. Yeah, that's right. So it definitely relates back to this, and you just put it through the the argument systems that we have. Mm. So with the well-being one, yeah, and with the name of trait one, you just won't be able to get past it. So, let's dive into those now. Delicious. So,
1: the big, the biggest issue we have is a lot, I would say, almost most vegetarians would go vegetarian for the ethical side of it. Yeah. At, least, at least vegetarians, I know. I don't know if that's actually statistics. No, I would correct. say so. Yeah. But um, And they do that because meat involves killing, mm. whereas milk and eggs can be taken without killing the animal. Mm. And, you know, that sounds like fairly fairly consistent yep. point you know you don't want an animal to die so you don't, like don't do the things that make belief. things die yep. but when you really look into the mm. practices that's when that belief kind of can crumble
0: very quickly yeah exactly right that's that's a lot of things that vegetarians will do is they'll just, just think about it in their heads mm. I think I mentioned this to you before they'll just think about it like how's my meat made oh an animal has to die oh I don't want to do that Yeah, I've cut out meat I'll fish, whatever. They, they don't think about the, the the dairy and the egg side because mm. they just haven't been exposed to it. Well, at least I, I try and believe that. I try and believe that they just haven't been exposed to it yet. Mm. So I always try and give them the, the best, the, the benefit of the doubt, and assuming that they're just ignorant to these things.
1: Well, the the three options really are that they're they're ignorant to it. They're they don't care at all. Mm. Or they're just purposely ignoring it. And the second to a very, very bleak. Yeah. And makes yeah. it seem like a lot less of an ethical choice to to be vegetarian yeah. and more, At least not more an of e- a
0: half measure. So yeah, it's a half measure because it's not ethically consistent. It's, mm. Sorry, logically consistent. Or even Or ethically, even, or, or ethically consistent. <laughs> but first and foremost, it's not even logically consistent. So, and that's always... Say consistent one more time. Consistent. Thank you. <laughs> so... Definitely getting into some area now that's not really nice to speak about. It's mm. it's it's what happens in these industries. So not for the vegetarians that are watching, you don't know, but just give you a very brief breakdown. I know
1: not nice to speak about, but it's important to be aware of. That's yeah how I would describe that this kind of thing.
0: Definitely, and there's there's much better videos out on on uh, these specific issues, eggs and dairy production than us i know aaron janus has got some pretty hard-hitting stuff that she's uploaded that's very mm. she does it in a good she does it in a good way it's animals like, australia has uh, got some good stuff yeah definitely yeah so there's a lot there's a lot of the video so you can you can just simply do a google search and and find that but with eggs we're starting with eggs so if you don't think kelly's involved you've got the male chicks what happens to those? They can't lay eggs, mm. so often in the egg industry they're killed immediately yeah. after birth. So within a day, I think even two days, they can be uh, grinded in a grinder, and they can also be gassed in a big bag, yeah. so, or even just thrown out to die. I've seen, I've seen videos where they they put in big dumpster trucks and they're just left there. Yeah. So they're just constantly climbing the walls until they can't anymore and they and they die. So that's what happens to the male chicks in the industry. And then with the female chicks, I mean, they're not kept in very, very often. I mean, we're talking like ninety-eight percent here, not yeah. maybe even more, kept in terrible conditions. And even when it's cage-free, they're just put into the same space with no cages, yeah. so they're actually just rubbing up against each other. And it's actually debatably worse because of the the behavioural the the interactions that yeah, the behavioural interactions yeah, create yeah, pecking at each other, packing each other's eyes out and, mm. and stuff. So, debatably, it's worse. And then you've got free range. I mean, this is where it starts to get morally grey because I think we both agree on this point that if you've got, depending on where you've you've got that chicken from, say if you've this is the best case scenario in a, in a scenario that I would be okay in eating eggs with ethics alone. Let me just make that clear. clear. I would be fine with eating eggs if it was a backyard hen, it was a rescued hen from like a battery, you know, battery, battery um, farm hen. Yeah. yeah. And it was rescued, and it was still producing eggs, Mm -hmm. and it had no interest in eating its own eggs because actually chickens eat their own eggs a lot of the time, because they lose a lot of nutrients through having through laying an egg. Yeah. Um. Because of the natural selection, natural selection, selective breeding. Artificial selection. Yeah. That's been done to make them produce an egg every day. Yeah. So they lose a lot more nutrients than normally would. I think it used to be like three uh, an egg every three days. Now it's like an egg every day. Yeah.
1: In periods of high feeding.
0: Yeah, that's right. Even in periods of high feeding, that's crazy. um So that would be the only instance I would actually be okay with mm. with the ethics side of it. I wouldn't personally do it still because like it's gross. Yeah, I, my my <laughs>
1: only argument then would be that it is it, it's a bit gross.
0: Yeah, which isn't a good argument. N- no, no, that's
1: that's why that's when we'd be okay with other people doing it. Because at yeah. that point, if you if you don't find it gross, do it. Mm. If you do find it gross, don't do
0: it. Yeah, I would have no judgment unless. Unless it was my partner and I had to kiss her, maybe just <laughs> maybe just half a half a day. <laughs> um, whereas I can't really say the same. I can't really think of any ethical scenario in which dairy would be. Yeah, like in, in, in case unless it was some freak weird scenario in which it would never happen, because I know a lot of people who around that scenario with mm. the eggs. But yeah, with with the dairy, what happens yet again? The males aren't of use to the industry. They can't yeah. produce milk. So they have to be uh, killed
1: as veal or... Mm, or given to a dirt cheap slaughterhouse for to be
0: raised. Fanned up, then, yeah. yeah. Or even worse, they're used as mating cows as well. That's a mm. lot of people that don't think about, is they use mating cows that's and
1: that's a, a... small percentage though. Uh, a yeah,
0: very small percentage. Yeah, veal or they're fanned up and then they're killed. So you're still supporting the um, slaughter of, of those bobby calves mm. uh, or when when they get older. And then also you've got the treatment, obviously, of the female cows. Uh, Newsflash: female cows don't produce milk twenty-four-seven. They can only produce milk when they have a baby. So that means they have to be forcefully. Like, impregnated. like every other mammal. Yeah, I don't know exists. why everyone thinks that. It's it's just,
1: you're you're raised to believe, so I guess. Yeah. Like we we only really figured that out when we first started looking into it.
0: I mean, I didn't I didn't think it. They did it twenty four seven. I was just kind of like, I didn't, I
1: didn't think it at all. Yeah, I just didn't think yeah. it.
0: Yeah, that's right. I didn't just think. It. I was like, oh yeah, I didn't actually go. like, They produce what? milk twenty four seven. What are you talking about?
1: Yeah, and then, but then, as soon as someone brings up the point, oh well, doesn't every other mammal only produce milk when they're pregnant or bre or um, have a have a baby? Um, you go. Ah. That yeah, makes, yeah that, that makes right. sense why, yeah. would, why would the cow be an exemp- exception yeah it's funny when yeah. Like none of its relatives do that mm. or anyf- anything like that
0: yeah that's crazy huh? um, and so yet again the conditions that they usually kept in uh, while they're being milked and, and impregnated and going through that cycle I think they go through about four cycles so I'm not sure if you can fact check for me four cycles but f- before they die usually mm. and I think they're about six years old then Yeah, and they're called spent uh, dairy cows. And spent dairy cows get sent to the same slaughterhouse, yeah. So they get killed, and that's usually for cheap meats, yeah. um, burgers, and, and all the rest. So, yeah, that they, they have possibly the worst lives mm. of any any conscious being, any sentient being on the planet.
1: Yeah, I, I would argue that eating drinking milk would probably, in most cases, be worse than eating meat, because yeah. you are essentially eating meat still, or yeah. contribu- contributing, contributing. Yeah. To, to that whilst doing this extra horrific thing. Yeah, I much. mean, you,
0: get, you throw the torture in there too, right. Yeah, and then you've got dairy, pretty much. So, if I mean, sim, simple ones, actually disgusting to even search up, but search up um, artificial insemination of a dairy cow. Straight away, you'll be thinking, okay, when I can just eat vegetables, why is this even an option? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to get into those arguments where people people say drinking uh, cow's milk is unnatural that's a naturalistic fallacy i'm not going to make that yeah um but it's weird yeah <laughs> it's it's i mean you just have to think about it drinking the milk of a a female cow when you wouldn't you'd never do it with a human woman no, which it, would be more would which would technically be more normal
1: if if you're an adult you wouldn't drink you wouldn't even drink your mother's milk you wouldn't drink no. another another woman's milk you wouldn't drink a dog's milk you wouldn't drink a, a I don't know, giraffe's milk yep. why would why is the cow the special exception
0: i know it's so weird it's definitely a point to make just to just highlight how weird it is mm. because i know that's a point that resonates with a lot of people it certainly resonated with me but i know for more of the logically nuanced kind of people it won't it won't really work for them because they'll just see that as a naturalistic fallacy, which yeah. is completely completely fine um but yeah then you just have to consider the ethics of it and you can't get around that yeah so yeah i can't really think of anything else in there but it's it's not a good life for anyone who's involved in mm-hmm. those in those industries so if you can reduce that suffering then that's a choice that you should be morally obliged to do yeah so and
1: you will always get get the argument in return that oh but i only buy milk from old Macdonald up the road who spends all his days patting his cow mm. and giving it extra food and it lives the best life possible. And even even if you could argue that that isn't that isn't ninety nine percent of the cases. Yeah. That that's the tiniest percentage. Mm. Even even if that is the optimal situation, mm. that is not the, the most yeah. common situation. And
0: even then just ask old McDonald where he sends these Bobby Coughs. Mm. So we're gonna get into AMAs so the first ama we got through was social consequences of going vegan
1: as opposed to vegetarian mm. what does what does he mean by that so i imagine it means that if if someone's going to go vegan that's a a much more drastic change than if you were to go vegetarian it's a lot i, I would mm. probably quite easily admit it's easier to be vegetarian than it is to go vegan mm. considering I've, I've done both
0: yeah definitely and i think worldwide it is But mm. like you've only got to consider india Massive vegetarian population, thirty percent of the country, I'm fairly sure. Mm. But the amount of milk that they use is is incredibly high. like yeah. They have it in a lot of dishes. Like yeah. it, even to be vegan, I might even make the argument that it might be even quite hard in India. Yeah. Even though thirty percent of the population is vegetarian, yeah, so that's a very good point. But only as a result of social stigma, which is. Yeah constantly being degraded each year i feel as though it gets better yeah i think the protein myth now for vegans is pretty much gone Mm. and a lot of other myths along with it have gone and i think that's what's been holding it back so i think now the social stigma is is now almost flipping yeah i feel as though soon the proportion of vegans of the population will be higher than vegetarians
1: and every every single day it becomes easier to be vegan i think Mm. like just like we just had a, a ma- we had we just had a cheeseburger pizza that's vegan. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that's, yeah. That was just down the road. That's a local shop, mm. Hungry Very Jacks, good. which one of the biggest burger places in Australia, mm. just released a vegan burger, mm. vegan cheese, vegan mayo. Probably only a matter of time until someone like Macca's follows suit. And I'm not oh. I'm not saying this is the food you should be you should be no. putting as a staple, but this is the kind of thing that you always have available to you. Yeah, exactly you're you're right. Yeah. Go go to the supermarket. You've got all these vegan options now that. Mm even just a few years ago, you didn't have. Mm. It's, it's crazy to see the, the progress.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's, um, it's easier now than it has ever been. Mm. And, and it will continue to be easier and easier, I think. Yeah. I mean, if you live in Australia right now and watching this, I mean, there, there's no excuse food-wise, whether it comes to enjoyability, accessibility, anything like that, mm. unless you're in like, the rural areas of Australia, that you can have that excuse. You yeah. can't have that excuse at all you have to look at the the growth in cuisine in in australia uh, and worldwide even vegan is the fastest growing cuisine and in, in um in australia well, i mean has anyone even heard of vegetarian cuisine at the moment like is that even a well, thing mm-hmm. yeah exactly you, you couldn't put a name on <laughs> but if you say vegan cuisine that everyone will know what that is so? so my dad who's a a food, a food sales manager for one of the biggest food distribution companies in South Australia, sorry, in Australia. Um, he, he's also cited this fact and he sees it firsthand. So a bit of anecdotal evidence there. A lot of cafes and a lot of restaurants are getting very interested in, in buying these products, these uh, these so-called vegan products. So just just listing off a few statistics here.
1: The, the market for vegan commodities has increased in conjunction with the explosion of interest with China's vegan market being the the fastest growing which has been predicted to rise by 17 percent between 2015 and 2020 um, followed by the United Arab Arab the followed by the United Arab Emirates at ten point six percent and then Australia coming in third at nine point six percent which I even think
0: UAE would be on there
1: yeah second second fastest growing which is Pretty crazy rate of growth as well. If you if you mm. just take take time to compare that to other
0: other other markets and the sheer growth of people who are um, now label themselves as vegan mm. um, is is growing. And yeah, like I said, I think it's going to overtake vegetarian in the next couple of years. Yeah, if, I would say so. In in any in first world countries anyway. Yeah, but it's not going to happen in India, but yeah, anytime soon at but, least. Yeah, hopefully. But uh, the other AMA, the other one we got. Um, which is from michael shout outs to michael is dairy really a calcium leach now this is a, a really good question because this is actually a myth that's mm. commonly cited in the vegan community didn't cover in our nutrition myth busters no no didn't did not cover it in that and didn't cover it just then when we spoke about health um because i knew this was, was going to be coming up so th- this is the acid ash hypothesis uh, this is very much intertwined with the acidic myth that we covered they say that milk needs to be neutralized in the body so Mm. it takes it takes calcium from your bones to neutralize the acid that the acid load that dairy causes Mm -hmm. and it's yeah it's complete pseudoscience it doesn't it doesn't happen so so yeah, if you search it up, it's the ash, acid ash hypothesis. It, yeah, it's been disputed a lot of times. It's just been it was just always a hypothesis anyway, and it's been disputed. But people seem to latch onto it because they leach onto it. <laughs> but really, really interesting, and it's and it's confusing me, is that the most recent um, systematic literature review on just calcium intake mm. and bone mineral density. So I don't think he even specified where the calcium came from it was just literally calcium intake and bone mineral density which is like the best marker i'd say yeah. for measuring uh, bone health and they found no correlation between calcium intake mm. and bone mineral density i think we're going to see some very interesting research coming out soon um in the next uh, two to five years maybe about calcium and, and is, bone min- is calcium bone
1: a waste of time hmm.
0: leave your comments below <laughs> in the five star <laughs> no, reviews no, on think- itunes please <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it might i mean we might find some crazy research to see that we only need a tiny bit of of calcium we actually need more vitamin d mm. which is something that's becoming increasingly prevalent in the literature is the importance of vitamin d for bone health rather than um, calcium um, and that's this is because cal, uh, vitamin d actually transports calcium around in the body so if you don't have enough vitamin d and you have calcium it's You're not going to really be doing too much (laughs) yeah. So, But you never know. We might see some changes in recommendations Mm. or uh, all the rest. So, yeah, that's a really interesting question. Thanks, Michael, for that. Thanks, Michael. I'm sorry if I can't give you the best eloquent response as to why the acid-ash hypothesis isn't correct, but it's just been rejected and the scientific consensus. So I reckon we're going to wrap it up there, guys. Um, That's all about AMAs out of the way. Um, We've covered health, environment, and ethics quite briefly.
1: Nothing you want to add add on at all? I'm...
0: pretty happy with. i'm pretty happy with leaving it there. That? yeah all right awesome we can definitely we could definitely spoke we had a podcast on each individual one of those mm. there's so much to cover but i feel as though we've we've touched on the most important bits yeah yeah in short our opinion is that vegetarianism is a, is a half measure and that if you were logically consistent in all areas that we've spoken about health ethics and environment then you'd be a vegan
1: one thing I will add, actually, you just reminded me of it by saying half measure, is the only real good use of vegetarianism, in my opinion, I imagine you have the same opinion, is as a stepping stone. Mm. Because it can be quite hard to go cold turkey vegan overnight. Yeah, that's as, a really important you have thing, yeah. no knowledge of what foods to have and mm. how to cook without meat, how to get your protein, stuff mm. like that. So it's good to, or it can be good for some people to go vegan, cut out certain meats, vegetarian, cut out dairy or eggs. I totally go agree. straight from there, Yeah,
0: completely agree. I would only add to that and just say, I actually recommend it. Mm. I'd actually recommend it's it as prob- a stepping probably stone. Probably more sustainable. Yeah, so if, I think... If you just go vegan overnight, you you're off. like,
1: I don't know what to eat. I can't yeah. eat any of my favorite foods. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You don't develop...
0: You don't give give it the time, more or less. Yeah, you don't give it any time and you, you'll you just be like, yeah, I'm not trying that again. Mm. And not only will you jump off the bandwagon quicker... You might not ever get on You're it again. being reluctant to go back on because you've already on. tried it. Yeah. It's right. like, no, it didn't work for me. <laughs> yeah. Whereas if you if you fell off it while you are in vegetarianism, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I was on my way there, but I just had a bit of trouble. I'm yeah. like, I'll get back on it again. Uh, or that probably won't even happen anyway because it would just be so easy to go vegetarian first. And then just the next step is, yet again, so much easier. Whereas, yeah, that, taking that leap almost mm. to, to vegan because it is a big dietary change and there is quite a lot to, to think about. Not denying that. Not going to glorify a vegan diet with with its ease because it's it's, it, it's it's easy it's now, it's but it's tough, tough when you start.
1: Yeah, I feel like give it give it a few months and everything becomes a lot easier. Mm, I, I think I think we've both had experiences where we forget sometimes that other people aren't vegan. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've gone to a shop and be like, oh, I'll grab those biscuits. Oh, wait a second
0: milk chocolate yeah forgot that exists <laughs> yeah it's quite funny because sometimes yeah you just lose that total grasp that we don't live in a uh, we, we live in a world where night 90, 90, 99% of people are omnivorous mm. so it can be um it can be it can be really um, introspective sometimes um, to, to think about that and depressing as well so very depressing and on that and note, note, <laughs> wrap you up there see you guys <laughs> um, yeah thank you for watching again Make sure you tune in for the next podcast, which is about digital health, Instagram, booties, and mental health. Mm -hmm. Thank you for watching, guys. Peace.